Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hi everyone, thanks for joining today. Today we have a really special episode. We have a married couple on. We have Adam Burns and his wife, Nairi Krikorkian. They have been married for 33 years. Adam is 61 years old. Nairi is just about to turn 58. Adam has type 1 diabetes and he has had it for 35 years. Nairi was recently diagnosed with prediabetes and has since reversed it. She's very early on into her diabetes journey, at least in the, the pre-diabetes journey. She had been struggling with gestational diabetes previously. So between the two of them, they've had quite a bit of experience with diabetes. They recently found intermittent fasting and have been doing that with great success. Both of them clean fast. We go quite a bit into the way that they fast, their diets. They are primarily keto at this point, and that's greatly uh, improved their blood sugars. We talk a lot about the support system that two people can have when they're fasting together, which I think is a really beautiful thing. And it's really good to get a baseline on Adam and Nairi. Hopefully they will come back in the future and update us on their progress. They're still relatively early in their journey, but I think it's really interesting to hear about it from both of their perspectives as with Adam as type one and Nairi as somebody who is trying to reverse her diabetes. So I really hope you get a lot of the, out of this episode. It was really a fun one to do. And I, I found it really inspiring to see two people that really have each other's back and support each other throughout this process. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Adam and Nairi. So nice to see you both today. Hi, I'm so nice to see you, Lucy. So this is going to be a little bit of a different format because we have two of you, a married couple, uh, that will be doing this together. And I thought it would be super interesting to speak to both of you. Adam, you have type one. Nairi, you have type two or reversed your type two at this point. So we'll get it, um, both perspectives in this particular episode. And I think it's going to be fascinating for the audience. Before we start, uh, I'm going to designate Nairi to uh, <laughs> maybe just speak about how long you two have been together where you live, the kind of occupations you do, children, things like that. And then we can um, dive more into the details. Okay. Um, I will be turning 58 soon. Adam just turned 61 recently. We've been married almost 33 years. So in February, we'll be 33 years. Um, we have two boys. The first one, the older one, 22 years old, has autism. Um, and he's level three, which is uh, uh, severe. Um, very uh, dependable on dependent on us, on caretakers. And um, the young one is kind of the opposite. He's pretty advanced for his age. He got his bachelor's degree at the age of 18, 
or at the age of 20. He got his AA degree at the age of 18, and um, he's uh, living on his own in D.C. working. Um, and uh, we live in uh, about an hour south of Seattle, Washington. Okay, very good. Uh, and Adam, maybe you can talk a little bit about your type one, you know, when, what age you were diagnosed and, yep. you know, just a little bit of background on that. Okay. Um, I was diagnosed at 24 and, uh, at the time. So what was that? I guess that was like 1988, uh, December of 88. 24. No, I would have been 26. Uh, you had just turned 26. Oh, I thought I was 24. Uh, no, see, we, uh, thankfully, you're here and I read it. Yeah, put yeah. The facts straight. <laughs> Man, I thought I was 24. So, I think, so that's. I think we decided you probably had had it for a year or more before you were diagnosed officially. Yeah, so, in the background, we always thought. Really bad leg cramps and, and dehydration. Um, and I went home. I was living in LA um, and I had just started dating Nairi. And uh, we. So I went home for Christmas and they looked at me and without, you know, after having not seen me for a while, and they said, you're going to the doctor. So I did. And a family doctor diagnosed me. You know, they put me in the hospital and, and stabilized me. And I guess I had severe ketoacidosis because I had lost a lot of weight. And um, <clears throat> and then, you know, after that, Nairi, uh, we got married. I mean, I. First, I let her know in case she wanted to back out, you know, and we got we got married and um, and, you know, basically, I like I I was a musician. I had I had trained as a musician and um, was living in L.A. trying to get work in the film industry and <clears throat> wasn't going so great. So I, I went to get my bachelor's degree. I'm sorry to get my teaching credential. And so, you know, that involved like student teaching and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, back then, I mean, basically I was taking regular and like ultra lente, you know, um, and trying to manage that, those ups and downs. And when you're doing, when you're really busy, like student teaching, it's, it's really, really tough. You know, those, you know, of course there was no CGM and, and I would have these violent uh, lows basically. I always really kind of jumped on, you know, trying to keep keep within a range. I as soon as you know, because I was old enough to understand kind of the science behind it. So, so I was really like, you know, right on top of my sugars. They never really had ba bad A one Cs. I mean, they, I think you know the highest I ever had was like six five or something like that. <laughs> um, so so you know, I was I was doing well for a long time. But I did have some very, very severe lows. And I and I came to realize that, um, you know, the whole idea behind this, like the, the long acting and the, the overlapping of the long acting and the short acting, like especially back then, um, it just there was just no way to achieve what they were trying to get you, you know, to to get that catch the, you know, the descending uh, dose with and then hit the, you know, hit it just right with the ascending dose. I mean, just humans don't live like that, right? Like, so you just can't can't manage it that closely. Um, but you know, we um, eventually we moved up to Seattle. I started working in the computer industry or IT or you know tech monopoly, whatever you call it these days. Um, and <clears throat> so that's what I've been doing all this time. Um, but I got on the. Uh, do you want me to keep going, like all the details? Yeah, okay. keep going, keep going. All right. Um, I got on CGM. 
probably about uh let's see version i want to say three so it was you know pretty pretty long of time dexcom? ago dexcom yeah wow so you were one of the early adopters of um, yeah. dexcom yeah yeah i mean i had pretty good insurance and you know a pretty well-known endocrinologist and blah 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 so i've been lucky you know i've always had access to good health care or at least since i've had you know the diabetes um and uh, currently i'm on the uh, omnipod um which uh, and i'm just on the automated uh cycle where it kind of starts kicking in if it gets above i think it's set to kick in when it start getting above 120. so um, you're on omnipod 5 right yeah omnipod okay uh-huh okay yeah um <clears throat> so between the two of those you know, I've been doing really well, uh, just in general. Like my, I think my last A1C was uh, 5.6, but and and also I completely converted to keto. Um, I, I mean, like 100% keto, probably about three years ago, maybe a little more. Um, yeah, a little more. Um, and so my my sugars have been even better. You know, I mean, then before I was keto um, and I also did follow uh, Dr. Bernstein's book, you know, the whole thing about, you know, small numbers, the, the law of small numbers. And I I truly have found that to be kind of the lifesaver, you know, um, that before I was always struggling with, you know, I'd get like a high blood sugar, you know, I'd be eating carbs, I'd go up to 190 and, you know, supposedly I have an algorithm to to kick it back down with the regular whatever fast acting I'm using and it never really worked but when it did work I was I was too low um and I had some really bad um low blood sugar episodes so um you know by by going to keto and and just the most I ever take now is 5 units that's that's for a big meal and uh usually um, I'll take, you know, like one unit um, for a snack or or sometimes I'll just take two units for breakfast. And so it's like really small doses. And that's been keeping my my curves like really flat. You know, my my uh, my graph is really flat. And um, and and then um, now just recently I started fasting um, because of Nairi. I mean, all props to her. Um and and uh and the difference is that before i you know like i was eating like one meal a day basically because i i i realized that if i ate too soon before bed i would get really bad dawn effect really you know and be woken up in the middle of the night by the dexcom and it's lovely uh alarm system which is so easy to to customize um that's sarcasm uh <laughs> but uh yeah, like this scare you out of your out of your dreams. Um, so, so um, yeah, and and the wife as well. So, so now, I mean, I I just looked at my my uh, what do you call it the 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 uh, history. Yeah, the you know the ver verify or what is it called clarity. The clarity, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and and um, I'm I'm like. 99% in range, um, average 116. Um, so I would, I, you know, 
it it's it's really taken the last of those peaks off off of my uh do, doing doing the fasting um I, I i've been talking for a while so i'll stop but but i i do want to talk about some of uh i i tried some alternate day fasting and there was there were some downsides to that so yeah, I definitely want to hear about that. Um, and we will come back to that for sure as we get into fasting protocols. Um, before we do that, though, uh, Nairi, do you want to now, obviously, you ha you've had a, a history with Adam having type one, and then you yourself ended up with was it pre diabetes or type two diabetes? Do you want to give a little background on what happened with you? Sure. I um, have uh, type 2 diabetes in my family. So my mom had it severe and she did not know how to take care of herself. The only thing that she did correctly was she exercised a lot. She didn't drive, so she walked a lot. And I think that was her lifesaver. She lived to be 74. She died at the age of 74 from a heart attack and she was dancing. So the people who were around me told me that she died very happy. And that's exactly how I want to go, either in my sleep or while dancing. But uh, besides that, my brother had it. And he was a smoker, unfortunately. So that made it a lot worse. He died at the age of 68. So his, his was much worse because of his uh, chain smoking that uh, severely impacted the diabetes. So I knew I had that in my history. And then I had gestational diabetes with both of my pregnancies. And my first one, uh, my older son, uh, who does have autism, that's a whole other story. Um, I had, I started out 10 pounds heavier. The, throughout the pregnancy, I was 10 pounds heavier than my second pregnancy. And when they tested me, I think around 28 weeks of pregnancy, I tested uh, gestational diabetes. They gave me insulin. So they prescribed me insulin and I, that's what I took. Uh, versus my second son, I had borderline, I, I was 10 pounds lighter all along. At the end of the pregnancy, I was 164 uh, pounds versus 174 with my first one. I did not need to take insulin. I was able to control it with diet and exercise. So, so those are the two differences. And again, I don't know if that's linked, but uh, one of your guests, I believe, said that there was a link to uh, insulin or, or obesity and uh, autism. So my older son does have autism and my younger son does not. So so that's uh, one thing, one more thing to feel guilty about as a mom. <laughs> um, anyway, with um, my um, history, I so one thing that the nurse told me when I had gestational diabetes is she said, you will for sure have diabetes type two in your life. And I was taken aback. I was like, why do you say it so confidently? And she said, oh, just statistics. You know, women who have gestational diabetes, four times more likely to have uh, diabetes later in life. That's actually so I true. Kind of, I kind of wanted to prove her wrong. And that was 22 years ago. So maybe things have changed since then. But um, so I was, I cared about my weight. I cared about, I, I linked the weight to diabetes. I figured if I don't go over a certain weight, my pancreas can handle it. And so when I reached 150 pounds and I'm 5'2", so um, I shouldn't weigh more than 137, according to the height chart uh, by Weight Watchers. So when I reached 150 back in 2007, I joined Weight Watchers and I did do well with Weight Watchers. I uh, lost 21 pounds in 11 weeks 
and maintained it for many, many years. And I think I was doing intermittent fasting without really wanting to. It was more like um, saving my points so I could have a nice size meal later type of a thing. So I was naturally fasting without knowing it. And um, anyway, uh, the uh, uh, short story is that uh, with COVID, um, I was already 10 pounds overweight. Around I was around 145. And then the 20 pounds that everyone gained, I gained during COVID. And I had avoided going to the doctor for years. Um, I was overdue before COVID hit, and then I did not go for years. So when I decided it was time to face the facts and the truth, I made an appointment, and the earliest they could give me was May 2nd of this year, 2023. And when I went to that appointment, um, I was thinking maybe they'll tell me I'm borderline or 5.7, which is what I had been in the past. Um, and she said um, the results came back 6.3 for my, my A1C. And I know 6.4, according to their chart, was diabetes and 6.3 was pre-diabetes. I didn't even want to tell Adam the number. His his A1C was 5.6. And so I was like embarrassed to tell him <laughs> how bad mine was. So I... Um, I begged the doctor, please let me come back in three months. I know it'll be better. And she said, sure. And so um, I tried to fast on my own. I was trying to do all the things I had done in the past. And um, on July 13, so a couple of months into my doing my own thing, yo-yo fasting, uh, I discovered uh, clean fasting, Jen Stevens. Uh, I read her book, um, Fast feast, repeat, and decided to start clean fasting. So July 13 onward, I started clean fasting. So just one month into it, on August 10th, I went back and my A1C had gone down to 6.1. So not that much. I was a little disappointed. It wasn't better than that. But I also asked her to do the fasting insulin test. And she did. And that came out 3.4 which was excellent. And so she knew I was headed in the right direction and said, you are cured. You are fine. You don't need another test for a whole year. I begged her to let me come back. So in three months, which will be November 14 coming up. Um, so in about six weeks to go back and do um, the A1C one more time. I'd like it to be in the five range, which I'm pretty sure it will be this time. Yeah, probably it will be. You're definitely, you know, doing all the right things. Uh, that's a really, you know, fascinating story of how you were battling with gestational diabetes and then ended up with prediabetes. So that must have been very disappointing for you. I'm sure it was. It was. It was the wake up call that I needed. I, I think um, until then, I was kind of like, I didn't really care about my health. I was depressed along with everyone else about you know, my son and his situation and, and the quarantine and, you know, what is, why are we bothering taking care of our health? There's no point here. So that was my wake up call and really wanting to stay healthy and stay alive as long as possible. I definitely don't want to take injections and be dependent on drugs for the rest of my life. And so I decided I needed to take drastic action and do something as natural as intermittent fasting. 
<laughs> yeah. So you were never on metformin or anything else. You went no. straight to fasting. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. If I can, maybe can I, Adam. Yeah, go ahead. Can I just share real quick uh, when Adam was telling the story about uh, his diagnosis real quick? Sure. Yeah. When he, uh, he went visiting uh, for Christmas uh, back home in Philadelphia. And when we had just started dating, as he said, and when he called me, he said, I have bad news. Are you sitting down? I was thinking he's breaking up with me over the phone. What a coward. So I was like, sure. Yes, I'm sitting down, but I wasn't. And then he told me he had diabetes. <laughs> he was type one. And it hit me like, oh my God, why didn't I notice all the signs? The, the I should have known because of my mom. I had known and I hadn't paid attention. I felt so guilty that I hadn't helped him get the medical care he needed before then. Um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to share that little story about him asking me to sit down or. Oh, well, I mean, you can't blame yourself for not having figured it out. Like it, it takes us who actually have the diabetes a long time to figure it out. So it's definitely not your fault that you no, didn't know. No one around me noticed. <clears throat> it was, it took someone who had not seen me for months to, to notice. That he had yeah, lost those, a lot of weight. Yeah. Cause those changes are subtle and they happen over time and you know, you getting more and more tired, like, and a lot of it, you know, Adam, I don't have to tell you, it's a very private struggle. A lot of times, like you just kind of push through and you don't tell people what, what's actually going on with you. So it's probably Especially one of those things too. When you're really, really busy, that's, it's really hard to focus on your health. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to ask you, Adam, since, you know, that's kind of an interesting tie in that you did Nairi about how he told you he had type one. How did you feel when she told you that she had prediabetes in her A1C was 6.3. What was that like for you? Well, that was fairly recent. Um, I I was prepared for worse. Um, And honestly, like by that point, I really did know that what the answer was. I mean, we, one thing we haven't brought up is like, we have kind of like a, a shared philosophy about kind of evolution and what's the right thing to eat and, and sustainable agriculture and all that stuff. And so we had been talking for a long time about um, so-called keto diet, which I now I hate the label, but but you know um, there was no question between us like what the solution is. Like like she he, he, she was listening to Dr. Fung. I had read um, you know diabetes solution, and I mean we both are like lockstep on on the solution to the problem. So. So it it didn't really bother me that much, um, but but I I think I think that what I've seen since then is the clean fasting has been the answer, and um, and that goes for me as well. So you you both found fasting in July twenty twenty three thereabouts. Is that right? You both started doing more fasting at that point. No, no, he was fasting doing it. at that point. I had I had discovered uh, fasting much earlier through Dr. Fung. But I did not study anything. I didn't read anything. I didn't do clean fasting. And I jumped right in. So I my very first fast was seven days long. Wow. It was crazy, you know, but wow. that's what yeah. I did. And so it always backfired. And I didn't notice yeah. the connection that I would always overeat every time I had one of those fasts. So I had done lots of the longest fast I did was 10 days. Wow. And I would lose a bunch of weight and then I would gain it all back and more. So I kept yo-yo like, fasting. Like a diet. Yeah, just like a diet. I treated it like a diet. I wasn't doing it therapeutically. I wasn't doing it correctly. Right. So uh, it in a way, you know, I'm I'm the 
cautionary tale for everyone who's thinking more is better. It isn't. Start slow, you know, take it easy, do intermittent daily fasting, 18-6, 16-8, whatever, but don't jump right in with the extended fasts. Maybe do that once a year, once a quarter for um, healing purposes, but the, the intermittent short-term fasting is better in the long run. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. Uh, and it's more sustainable too. Uh, I, I find that I get like fasting burnout when I do longer fasts. <laughs> it's just yeah. not as enjoyable. So yeah. when did you, you found clean fasting and you were on a more sustainable schedule starting in July. Is that right? Yes. Just recently. Correct. Okay. And that's for both of you. Is that right? Pretty much. Pretty I much. think Adam, Adam did it a little later, but, uh, he, he, he and I had another discussion where he said, Oh, I fast all the time. And I said, ah, yeah, kind of, you have like, you know, a bite of something here and a bite of something there throughout, you know, you're not really fasting. And, uh, he said, Oh, okay, I'll, I'll make that change. It's so easy for Adam to fast by the way. Um, and, uh, he, um, he doesn't have any issues with food. Uh, he doesn't have uh, the uh, he doesn't have food addictions. <laughs> no, no food addiction, no psychological eating, emotional eating like I have. So for him, it's so easy. And I had to stop him and, and remind him like I'm chopping cucumbers for a salad. And he comes by and grabs it and puts it in his mouth. I'm like, <gasps> and he spits it out. <laughs> he did that a couple of times because I was like, he forget, you know, that was something he had done. So I think more uh, like at the end of August is when he started the clean fasting. So it's been very recent. And and since then, I've noticed the oh, CGM is so quiet at night. I love it. Yeah, that's super great. Uh, so you you guys are both now doing the clean fast. When, Nairi, did you, and Adam, it sounds like you've been doing, I know you don't like to call it keto, but very low carb diabetes solution yeah. diet. For how long have you, were you doing that for? Uh, probably about f close to four years or more. Um, yeah. And I, I don't eat, I mean, I really don't eat any chips, rice, potato, nothing. I mean, all my carbs come through vegetables and I don't even eat like the really sweet vegetables. You know, I don't eat a lot of carrots. Um, it's, it's really meat, fat and, and mostly green leafy vegetables. And I don't, I don't crave like a very huge wide variety of foods. I mean, I, I'm sort of a foodie in, in a way, but, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, it's kind of like that movie, the fly where he goes to his closet and he sees, and he's got like five identical suits, like all hanging there. It's like, that's kind of how my, my life is. I just <laughs> set it up, you know, just do the same thing every day. And that, that's the easiest thing for me. Well, um, I hate to say it, but as type ones, like the more you can do that, the more, the easier your life is like variety for a type one is, can be disastrous, unfortunately. Right. And when, when were you diagnosed? What, what age? Uh, I was 17. Uh, see, teenage years, it's really hard because you're, you're still rebelling. You, you still haven't quite formed that, you know, your brain isn't quite. And for me, it was just like uh, one more thing, you know, one more problem in my life and I'll just go about it the same way I do everything else. So the other thing I've noticed is there really is a big difference between men and women, um, you know, from from watching Nairi. And it's not just emotional eating and body issues and stuff like that. It's, it's also just the hormones, you know, frankly, like men, men have 
hormones. Um, in fact, I wanted to mention something about that too, because I also have Hashimoto's disease. Um, but um, yeah, it just seems to be like a much more complex kind of interaction of the hormones and the, you know, what, what makes you feel hungry and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And, uh, you know, I'm going through it myself right now, going through perimenopause. It's really very difficult to be a woman with diabetes. Um, yeah. and, uh, it's, it's a day by day. I feel like every, I, I'm actually seeing my endocrinologist, uh, on Friday this week. And, uh, I think I got a, like, you know how in, and you're on Omnipod five, so you probably don't do this as much, but like I'm on loop. Um, and so I, used to update my what basal. does that mean i've heard you mention that before and I, I don't know what that is loop is the do-it-yourself um code um and it interacts with um omnipod and dexcom and it's basically oh. you manage your own pump settings uh you can do very customized insulin sensitivity basal bolus like it's extremely customized like omnipod 5 gives you your ranges with lo loop you can set all of your own ranges where, where do i want. get this how do i find out about this uh, if you go on, on Google and just put in loop docs, um, you should be able to find it. Loop it's a docs. Yeah. And I can tell you more, um, outside okay. of this, like when we're done okay. recording, but it's, a you know, if you have any kind of computer savvy, you can do it. Um, oh. yeah, okay. but it, it's, it's, a it's more customizable than the Omnipod five. It gives you more nice. control, but with more control, there's more, you know, inner, like more that you actually have to do. So it. Like I said, like before I was on, um, you know, before all my hormones started acting up, I was changing my settings every couple of weeks, maybe now I'm changing it every like day because <laughs> my uh -huh. hormones are such a mess. So, uh, but anyway, for somebody like you who doesn't have as many hormones, now granted you have the Hashimoto's in the background, but for somebody like you, it might be very beneficial to you. Cause if you're eat, like tying in with the same diet every day, the same fasting schedule every day. Like you could get it nice and smooth that you don't have a lot of other background stuff yeah, going on. Yeah. That sounds great. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to look into that. Yeah. And I'll, um, when we're done, I'll tell you more about it okay. uh, for sure. Sorry about that. I, I, I knew I was going to have to bring that up because I'd heard you talk about it before and I just, and I was like, Oh, maybe I'll just ask her, but I guess that's not the best protocol for. Uh, no, no, I'm glad you did. Cause other people probably have questions about it. So, right. uh, but yeah, for so, anybody who wants to know, just look up Loop Docs um, on Google, and you'll you'll see all the documentation. It takes about a day to build the the code, um, and you have to use Omnipod Dash. You don't use the Omnipod Five system. So anyway, it's it's oh, a whole. So I'd yeah. have to change the device. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a different okay. system. Yeah, I see. Um, um, okay, that that wasn't clear to me, but. Um, I wanted to talk about some of the the benefits that that, that I've been noticing. I mean, sure. Nairi probably has her own perspective, but like for both of us, um, uh, besides you know just kind of being able to really uh, watch watch the peaks and valleys, um, Nairi is a, I think is a, a lot less uh, prone to um, emotional eating, I think, and um, she is also um, lost weight more consistently and more, more, um, healthily, I think is the word, you know, um, over this, over this last few weeks, really, it's really only been a couple of weeks. Um, and I think she like, I mean, I think we both feel calmer, you know, like overall, like, like our life is extremely stressful. Like I cannot, I, 
I mean, it would take me like half an hour to explain all the stressors, right? But um, having a, an adult, low-functioning autistic uh, person living in the house. Um, so we've been able to cope with that better. Nairi was having um, lots of hot flashes, and that has calmed down, which means that she can sleep better. I was having terrible cramps, not just in my legs, but throughout my body, including my upper shoulders. Um those have subsided to the point where I don't have problems sleeping anymore because it was waking me up in the middle of the night, you know. So that alone will make, you know, sleeping better will make you calmer, you know. Um, and and as far as the clean fasting part of it, like, you know, I, we both pretty much agree that, like, you know, we, we evolved as hunter-gatherers and our bodies are still pretty much adapted to that that. A, a lifestyle in the sense that like food wasn't available all the time, you know, and even if you're just grazing, a lot of people graze, you know, we're, we're not goats. We don't, we have goats. I can see what their attitude is about eating and it is not what humans, you know, had, right? Like they would grow the goat, then they would kill it and eat it, or they would hunt and they would have food when it was seasonal, when it was available, and in between, you didn't have little little pieces of things like in the in the refrigerator that you could just stuff in your mouth or packaged, you know, food. We also don't eat any, like almost any processed food. I don't think we eat any processed food at all. We we pretty much grow or or buy organic, you know, food and, and cook it ourselves. And and so that's that's been very helpful. Um, and I think this is just like one more stage in that approach to eating, which is uh, you know, your your body does is is waiting for that break but you know for your metabolism to to get a break and um the more you can do that um i think i think it seems to be that it, it really it really does help um yeah. brain brain health i mean all those things you know uh I've been, I've been hearing a lot about um you know food you know the relationship of food to to alzheimer's and those kinds of you know age-related diseases um, I'm 61 and I, I need to be able to probably be active for another 20 years because of my son, right? We got to, we got to figure out what he's, how he's going to progress in life after we're gone, if, if at all, you know? So um, that's, that's very important to us is to, is to not just go old, but stay active in, 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 uh, in old age. That's, that's the important thing, you know, quality of life. Yeah, you know, I I know in Weight Watchers because I did around uh, two rounds of Weight Watchers. They always talk about your why. Well, it sounds like your why is your son and trying to make sure that you guys are around yeah. and healthy for to handle anything that comes your way related to him. So I totally get that. That makes a lot of sense. And the why yeah. has to be so important because um, a, a lot of people want to do intermittent fasting for weight loss. And for me, that was not strong enough. It was on May 2nd when I found out I had 6.3 diabetes, uh, A1C, that I decided that is my why. That And so the health reason is why I started. And um, the weight loss, I've lost 20 pounds and it's the icing on the cake. It's not what I went to this for, but it's just happening as a side effect to my focusing right. on getting my glucose numbers down weight loss is is a downstream effect of, of healthy eating you know like I, i've lost 10 pounds but i didn't really feel like i needed to lose 10 pounds but now that it it's do come you off, remember 
Do you remember when we first, um, I guess when we were uh, in the initial years of our lives together, when we were following the American Diabetes Association's guidelines, the doctor guidelines of eating carbs, we were eating pasta and everything and just taking extra insulin. Do you remember the highest weight you reached, Adam? Oh, God, I was, yeah, I was like 200. 205. Yep, 205. Yep. And N since you become keto, you were around 169. Oh, well, wow. Except and one, recently, it I was went down. around 175. Now I'm down to somewhere between 161 and 164. And, I, you know, I, I was and worrying five about... Five eight, five eight and yeah. a half. Yeah. Um, and I've got a, I've got a bulky body um, build, you know, like uh, broad shoulders and, and uh, you know, strong legs and stuff like that. So... Um, I was worried about getting losing too much weight, but I'm not anymore. I I kind of hit hit a bottom, and it seems like that's that's where I should be, you know. And uh, and it just kind of hovers in there. Um, so I don't anyone who's worried about losing weight, you know, if if that is a concern about losing too much weight, I don't I don't think that's an issue. I think you should really just focus on what's healthy for you, and 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 just let it let it float, you know, cause your body knows what it needs, you know? Yeah. And if you lose too much weight, you can always just, if you're doing OMAD or something, then you can just make it two meals a day instead of you can, you know, you can always, that's the beauty yeah. of fasting is you can always alter it to fit whatever is going on. Um, uh, but I want to, I want to ask you, um, before I forget, and I'll pose this to Nairi, what, and cause I assume you guys both do the same fasting schedule. What, when do you guys eat or maybe not, maybe that's a wrong assumption to make. So, so I was trying to get it. Yeah, we tried to do the same thing. So it's funny because when we scheduled this call with you, we were like, ooh, let's do inter like alternate day fasting together. So Adam is like, oh, yeah, sure, I'm ready. I'm like, how about in a week? Let's start in a week. So uh, September 10th is when we decided we'd start together with alternate day fasting. And so we skipped Monday completely. September 11, we didn't eat anything. It was wonderful. We both felt amazing. Tuesday was wonderful. We had our meal. We felt great energy. Then Wednesday, Adam didn't feel so great. And maybe Adam can tell you about that. And then Friday, so Wednesday was bad. And then Friday was even worse. So I can let Adam tell you how well, alternate day fasting didn't work for him. And yeah, I think that's me. because he takes medication for Hashimoto's without uh, changing the medication while fasting. This is when everybody uh, yeah. says consult your doctor before you do any fasting. This is why. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a fairly intuitive person and, and like I, I like data, but I, I gather data at the same time that I'm, I'm making guesses about what's going on. Um, and I started to think, you know, like my leg, I was having cramps um, you know, and, and, and I was feeling nervous, like, like kind of panicky, but with absolutely no reason. And then I looked up, you know, hyperthyroidism and it, those are some of the same symptoms. And of course I've been taking the, um, what do you call it? Uh, the, 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 you know, uh, Hashimoto's is hypothyroidism. So I was, I was taking, um, it's not Synthroid, right? It, it is, but it's it's a name name brand, you know. Okay, Synthroid. gotcha. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I need I need some data. I need some 
I, I, I asked my doctor about, you know, is it possible that I'm, I'm my, my thyroid is too high? Like I'm getting too much. Um, and, and he doesn't do any of those, um, antibody tests or anything. They pretty much just say like, take the level, the thyroid, thyroxine level, and that's it, you know? And they just say, take the pill. And, um, but I have been skipping some of my days on the pill because, um, of this, this terrible reaction I had. Um, basically I woke up, it was just about time for me to eat after skipping a whole day. And it just like erupted in my chest and caused like the most <laughs> unbelievable pain, which um, some people describe, you know, just from um, heartburn, you know, but, but this was like beyond heartburn. And then what happened is that the next day that I skipped, I woke up actually Friday. in the middle of the night mm -hmm. with, with similar, with similar symptoms. And it almost felt like, like the bubbles were, like escaping into my blood or something. And I, and I was having, you know, literal panic, like for absolutely no reason. Like I just was panicking. And, and the only thing exactly. I can think of, like... and it, I mean, I, I think it's possible that, you know, for whatever reason, it reduced my need for the, the thyroid um, hormone. And, and then, uh, you know, uh, the, I was taking too much. I mean, I, that's, that's an assumption. Now I'm, I, you know, I tried to contact my doctor and I'm going to get tests, but you know, the, you can't get an appointment for like four months. Like I, I literally can't get an appointment before January. And I, I, and he said, well, do a follow-up, you know, I mean, he's a good doctor. He's a good endocrinologist. I, he's always been on board with, you know, my, my diet and stuff, but I'm really scared to say that I was fasting. Um, and I really just, in fact, I may not tell him. I, I think I just may focus on the possibility that the thyroid medicine is just just too strong or something. Um, but I still want to try alternate day fasting, but I want to go slow. I'm going to go, you know, uh, what, 22, 26, 30 hours before just doing a 40, 42, which is what we were doing. You know, because not because I feel, I mean, I feel hungry, but I, that doesn't really bother me. Like I, I'm not, I'm okay with that. The, the problem was this side effect, which um, one of your other guests mentioned, he also had Hashimoto's and um, he mentioned like, you know, terrible like diarrhea and vomiting and stuff. I was vomiting only because I was trying to get what was in my stomach out, which was from what I could tell really just stomach acid. Like I, I don't have a lot of stomach problems normally, but this, this happened. And, um, I, you know, I, I don't know why. All I know is that, you know, I got, I got to be more careful and not just limit, you know, because I could go three days, you know, as far as the, the hunger part, but I'm worried about some of these other things. And I guess, you know, probably that's part of what your podcast is about is that type ones have to be pretty careful or, or at least be aware of some of these other issues. So your blood sugars were not a problem during that time. It was just, it was just your in thyroid fact, that was giving you an issue. In fact, if anything, I was having to correct a little more during, during the long fast. And, um, Nairi also had something similar, like correct without eating though, you weren't fat, you weren't well, eating, you were correcting the taking less insulin. No, I was taking, well, I would, 
I actually had elevated. Like when I was really hungry, oh. my, my blood sugars were actually going up. I see. And uh, yeah. And, and that time those two kind of panic attacks I had, both of them, my, my sugars were elevated. And, and even when I wasn't having that level of a problem, my sugars would creep up after having fasted, clean fasting for 20 or more hours. So, so I think that there's, I mean, who knows, maybe it's, it's, you know, your muscles and organs storing glycogen or whatever, or it could be a reaction to stress, you know, that your body is just doing, going through something. Or in my case, it might've been like too much th uh, thyroxine. Um, but um yeah, yeah i think that... yeah i was gonna say i think you're right uh you know if you go about it again maybe you'll do it in a little bit more methodical approach where you just add on you know a limited yeah. number of hours each time and try to figure out what's going on because i've yeah. had problems with alternate day fasting for other reasons uh and there are times when you just have to abandon it and just say you know what it's not working this time i gotta go back to the drawing board i gotta make some tweaks maybe you have to skip a day of your yeah medication for your thyroid to make it work i don't really know but like uh well, so frustrating. Far it seems to have helped and yeah. you know that's yeah but uh and, and now you had um kind of like a, a pretty profound dawn effect the mm -hmm. other day um, yeah it was, was after 40 hours of fasting and i woke up and i had heard um I don't know if it was on your podcast or somewhere else that I should test as soon as I wake up. So I did that and it was 190. And this was 40 hours after not having eaten anything and clean fasting. I thought I was for sure going to be type one diabetic. So I was praying, please God, don't let me be type one. <laughs> and then half an hour later it was 77. Yeah. I had no idea if this was normal or not. And Adam tells me it's totally normal, but to me, it doesn't sound normal. And I'm still scared about, I think I should wait before testing. I'm so confused whether I should test as soon as I get up or if I should test the same time every day, like at 7 a.m., an hour after I've gotten up. I don't know. I think it's, you know what, I think it's you your know, Yeah, go ahead. I think it's your body um react i mean this the same thing as a normal dawn effect but you've been fasting so it's like oh gosh you got to get up and hunt you know for food you really you really need some some more sugar and you've been fasting so here's here's the last little bit we can give you but the good news is that her insulin sensitivity was was good enough that it came down really quickly too so yeah, you know what I was going to say, Nairi, to put your mind at ease, um, and you don't need to do this forever, but maybe talk to your doctor about getting a three-month supply of Dexcom and just monitoring it and see how it goes. Because if you're at 190 for like half an hour, it's not going to, nothing bad is going to happen to you over, over that. But if you're at 190 for hours overnight and then you wake up at 190, that's a different story, you know, which I don't think that's the case, but at least you could put your mind at ease and know exactly what's happening. I will if definitely try the last time told me that the insurance will not pay because I wasn't diabetic. And so I said, I don't want to be diabetic just so I could get the Dexcom. But yeah, yeah. if I could, if I could uh, convince her to let me have it for three months only. That would yeah. Be I have a friend who did that and uh, she's pre-diabetes and 
you know, her doctor was giving her a lot of pushback. And I was just like, just tell their doctor that you need that. You don't want to be on it for the rest of your life. You just need one cycle. You need one transmitter and you need, you know, three months of sensors and, and that's all you need. You're not going to be coming back for more. So you can learn what's going on in your body. And then, cause that data over three months is so helpful. Yeah. You know, yes. Yesterday I had too many blueberries and, um, I tested an hour later and it was even scarier. The number was 192. So that's another thing that worries me a lot. So, so it's interesting. We're doing this podcast now. I, I know that we're, I'm in the middle of it. I'm not at the other side yet. I want to be at the other side and then do the interview. Hopefully you'll invite us back because I really want to tell you good news that I'm on the other side. But right now I'm in the middle of trying to figure out what's going on. So my, my glucose at one hour was 192. I didn't do anything. I just sat there and prayed. At at two hour, it was 177. At three hour, it was 85. So it took forever to come down. And I'm not getting blueberries anymore. (laughs) But I thought blueberries, you know, healthy fruit, low, low carb fruit. Um, I can eat a bunch, but sugar is sugar. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like the glycemic load, you know, maybe you just ate too many of them at that point. Yep. And also if you had protein in addition, it's it's like the pizza effect, right? Like you have protein, you have carbs. I, you'll I be you'll had... be high for hours, you know. So you, 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 doing maybe just the blueberries without any protein might have been just fine. You know? You're right. I had I had eggs just before that. And so yeah. See, and Nairi, I... you live with an expert. You know, that's what <laughs> I I asked him, I was like, is it okay? Because I'm really worried about it. And um, he tells me, just don't eat. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, that's not going to work with me. You need to tell me to eat because then I'll do the opposite. (laughs) How funny. All right. Well, I want to ask you guys really quick. So you guys have both tried alternate day fasting. What is, and I'll start with Nairi, what is your normal fasting schedule? Or do you not really have one? So right now, again, I'm in the middle of experimenting. I've decided that I need to go back to um, daily intermittent fasting. So those three days while Adam fasted with me worked great. I was I was so, maybe because I'm competitive, he's doing it, I'm going to do it. If he can fast 42 hours, I can do that. But since he stopped, because it definitely was not the right thing for him to do, and I'm totally in support of that. Um, it was harder for me to do the alternate day fasting. So my alternate day fasting, I was able to do two more days, but it was really, really challenging. And then the other days I decided to turn them into down days and eat 500 calories rather than a true fasting days. Um, So right now I'm in the middle of trying to see what fits. And I think I would like to go back to one or two meals a day which is what Adam is doing. He's alternating between one meal and two meals. So Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, it's one meal. The rest of the week, it's two meals. So that's what I think I want to do. And clean fast 16 hours minimum. Do you guys ever see yourselves getting synced up in terms of your fasting? Or do you kind of like to do your own thing? I wanted wanted to. I mean, I thought it would be easier. I tried to kind of, do my own thing and focus on my own but it just doesn't work very well i think it's better for me to follow the same schedule 
I'm so I'm doing 23 one uh one day and then tw I guess like 20 tw 20 it's more like 24 just just because um I I work and still and um it's really hard to you know spread out meals over on the, week like on the weekends six hours. on the weekends uh, Saturday and Sunday is a little easier so it could be more like 18 yeah. but I still I still have a hard time because even on the weekends I'm I'm outside you know doing stuff building stuff we have a small hobby farm so it's really hard to get much done if if you're just spending a lot of time eating and it's just more comfortable for me to eat you know pretty much in the middle of the day and and not so so that's that's what I've been doing I've been doing on the weekends 20 22 four is that right but no 24 20 huh 20 24 and then on on the week on the weekdays three days a week I do 23 one and it's it's clean fasting now uh, you know just water and um black coffee black tea now, do you have to, um, because you're on Omnipod 5, does it automatically adjust the algorithm to those days when you have different eating schedules or do you have to kind of do something you know, to it? Pretty much. I mean, I will say, I, you know, what, what I realized after I started doing it is that that is in some ways the perfect system because, because I mean, it's not as aggressive as I would like, which is why I was interested in that other one. Cause it, you know, I, I think the lowest you can set it for is like 115 or something. I like to be around 90. That's where I'm most comfortable. That's where I sleep the best. Um, you know, I don't get dried out as easily. Um, but but it it kicks in if, if I go over 120. So by kick in, I mean it gives a, a 0.05 unit, right? And then, and it's not very aggressive about bringing it down. So I will, I, even when I was fast, even the long fast, I... I tend to ride it a little bit by giving, you know, if it gets up, you know, much above 120, I, I give a unit. And so far it, it has not dropped me down because those small numbers, it's, you're just not going to get that big dip. You know, you, you need to do, you need to like run a marathon or something before you get like an unexpected result from a small, you know, dose. So, so, I, I mean, I think in some ways the Omnipod is great. And my doctor thinks that they'll eventually allow you to get a little bit lower. Um, it'll, it'll, you know, um, be a little bit closer to an artificial pancreas kind of function where it, you know, but um, until then I just kind of ride it. You know, I, I check it every once in a while. I give myself a unit. So far it hasn't given me any problem at all. That's great. I'm glad to hear that, that it's been working out for you. And that's the most important thing. And it's um, without these automated systems, it would be so much harder, but it seems like you're really mastering it and using it to its highest, you know, effectiveness by keeping yourself low carb, you know, or keto. So that's yeah. smart on your part. Now um, we're, we're almost going to run out of time, but I want to talk to you guys about something which is unique to your story. And that is that you both have diabetes one form or another, and you both fast. And I just want to hear from you because not everybody has the same support system that you have. Um, have you found it as a couple fasting? Like, do you guys really, do you get energized by the fact that the other one's doing it or like, 
how, how do you feel having that kind of level of support? Oh, it's great. Yeah, I agree. I mean, first of all, Nairi just basically she like a lot of things. She just informs me about it. Like I don't, I don't have time. I'm I'm not out there, you know, with my feelers out as much as she is. So, so a lot of times, like she'll introduce something to me and I'll run with it. So this is the same kind of thing. And um, I just wish I, I had done it earlier. I remember I was in Weight Watchers when somebody told me about Dr. Bernstein's diabetes solution, and I came home and I told Adam, Adam, she told me get about this that. Book. And he rolled his eyes, oh, diabetes solution. There is no solution for diabetes. So we put it aside. I wish we had gotten it then and not ignored it. But for years, you know, because it was like one another one of those. Uh, because because you would hear things. you would hear these things like about like, oh, have you heard there's, you know, there's this new, you know, whatever, a kind or whatever that. that'll yeah. cure diabetes. Like, no, and his doctor, there, we believed our doctors and your doctor told you this is for life and you're never going to be, yeah. there's no cure for there's it. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. Just try and, to counter and carbs. You and take, take your insulin. Yeah. Based on but, how many carbs you're taking. And that's what we did for years. So just, yeah. just for, just for having two people like gathering the information and, and, and both, you know, being interested in having, having skin in the game, like it, it, so much support that i wish other people had because i hear a lot of people you know like struggling with their their kids and their and their husband and the different eating styles and um it's yeah i i i mean i i don't i don't mean to brag or gloat but um boy if if you can if you can get a support system like that where you have family members who are on board with you i mean that's that's the ultimate you know yeah. And you guys have the same diet. You're very carb conscious, both of you. So it's not like you have a bunch of junk food around the house and you're constantly resisting temptation. It's just like you guys are completely locked in together on what you need to do. The only time yeah. I eat, do eat carb is if I do go out to lunch or dinner with friends, then if, you know, I would have fish tacos or something that's got some carbs with it. But last time I went out with friends and everybody else was eating the chips with the, um, salsa or whatever and i had one and i really didn't like it and didn't want more yeah. i didn't crave it so i didn't have i think i may have tried one more chip so i had two chips one with each of the different dips the guacamole and neither one did anything for me so i didn't eat it so yeah, yeah. um the low carb is definitely um uh key for me as well as eating earlier in the day that's one thing i didn't mention the eating window I've discovered um, the earlier I eat, the better I sleep. So if it's been many hours since I go to bed, um, the better uh, my insulin is the next day. So that's been also uh, wonderful because Adam does the same thing. Yeah, for type ones, it's so great to eat earlier in the day and then not have the impact of food in your system overnight. Like that's so key to keeping you level because those night, those hours when you're asleep, you know, those should be totally a flat line for your blood sugars. They should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And, the, and the clean fasting has, has been really helpful in that regard because, you know, when I was like grabbing a mouthful, of, you know, a piece of cheese or whatever, like, I'd be like, oh, that'll go good with, you know, gin and tonic that I'm having or whatever. Um, it's just doesn't, it, 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 it's like, you could see the difference in, in the, in the CGM output. Um, so that's, that's been really important. 
Yeah, uh, that's the other thing I, I do notice that uh, I don't uh, want or drink alcohol much anymore. I think I have maybe a yeah. glass of wine once a week or something. So yeah, not not at all. And, yeah, and my my desire for alcohol has gone down. And and also the thing about you know being on a low carb diet for years is I ha I too have also lost the taste for chips or you know certainly sugar. I mean, literally like I. I can't, I can't put a piece of candy in my mouth. I mean, there's, there's a few that I could tolerate if I was going to have a, a tablet, you know, like a, a four gram tablet, I'd rather have a four gram candy, I guess, you know, but um, it, it just isn't motivating for me. I don't, I don't look at something like that and, and wish I could have it, you know, it just doesn't happen to medicine. me anymore. It's medicine, not food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I haven't, I, I don't eat sugar anymore either, but somehow in my brain, I mean, I do eat glucose tablets when I need them, but it's like, yeah, I'm eating actually sugar a lot during the day sometimes, um, but it, it doesn't register as like, I don't know how my brain compartmentalizes it, but it, it doesn't trigger off like, oh, now I want a piece of cake. It doesn't do that. It's just like, this is medicine. The other stuff, yeah. not interested. So yeah. very interesting. Type one for a long time. That's, that's pretty much where you eventually get to. Yeah. Yeah. So before we wrap, have I missed anything from um, either one of you? I know you have a lot that you, you know, you wanted to discuss. Um, I'll send you an email or something to let you know how my uh, November 14th doctor's visit goes. I um, you know, lost 20 pounds in those four months or so. Uh, so it's very slow, but it's permanent. Um, I went from 161 uh, pounds to 141. And uh, my goal is, again, to focus on the A1C. I want to see 5.7 or lower. And I'm sure as a side effect to that, my weight should be down to my normal range, which is somewhere between 133 to 137. I'm sure you'll get there. Thank yeah. you. Adam, is there anything else that you wanted to say? I mean, I just want to say that for people who are struggling with kind of the moral dilemma of, of a keto diet, Look, look into sustainable agriculture. Cause I mean, some people think that meat uses a lot of carbon or resources, but it's, it's really where that meat comes from. And, um, and we we raise a lot of animals for food and nobody loves animals more than me. Um, and the same goes for Nairi. I mean, she, well, Nairi loves animals more than me, but, um, but you know, there's a right way to 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 eat meat, and we have evolved in using using that form of food. So um, anybody who wants, you know, I'll I'll gladly give them a tour and and explain to them the difference between factory meat and um, and 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 uh, you know sustainable meat production. Yeah, very good message, and uh, you know, it, every different person has their own way of. Um eating um you know every way is valid and i understand everybody's arguments for against we, whatever and we were but... vegan for seven years so we were vegan we did that we were vegetarian many many years and vegan for seven years so yeah. we we totally respect that yeah i mean and we understand no judgment if you if you can if you can if you can make it work for you then perfect yep. you know but absolutely but for for me and for most type one diabetics that i know the the you know essentially you know the the keto diet is, has been the answer, you know? Yeah, it has been for me as well. So I, I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, well, it's been really great speaking to both of you. And I'm really glad that I caught both of you kind of in the beginning of your journeys, because 
you'll see over time, there will be changes to how you fast and different health effects. And Adam, if you go back to alternate day fasting or more extended fasting, you'll have to give us some reports on how you've been able to do that. Cause I'm sure you'll figure it out. It's just a matter of, you know, experimenting a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I also want to see how my, my thyroid function is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we will have, you know, you'll definitely be back on the podcast uh, as a follow-up and, uh, I know you guys will continue fasting on and I love the dynamic between the two of you. I can tell you really are locked in together and doing this thing. And it's just really refreshing to see that. So thank you. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you very much. Thank you for your podcast. It's been really, really great source of information. Thanks for I saying think. that. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.